pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. for you. Shouldn't take no more than an hour or two. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Matthew, the 7th chapter. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verse 6. An interesting passage of Scripture. This is the Lord Jesus talking. And He says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. Children, you're dismissed. This Amy was probably doing jumping jacks trying to get my attention. I didn't even see it. All right, let's try it again. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, Neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Anybody ever read that and thought about it for a minute or two? And then uh, in the Amplified, the same passage of Scripture says, Do not give that which is holy, the sacred things, to the dogs. And do not throw your pearls before hogs, lest they trample upon them with their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. In other words, that's what it means to be rent. They're going to rend you. They're going to turn around and tear you in pieces. They're going to attack you. And I always thought this was a strange verse because pearls and pigs in the same verse just don't make sense to me. And it seems like a strange combination, but Jesus never said anything that didn't make sense. How many times, how many know that anytime Jesus said anything, it made sense? And if it seems strange, then it's just strange to me and you. Amen? So I want to, I want to spend a few minutes tonight talking about this because the more you meditate on it, the more sense it makes and the less strange it becomes because when you meditate on the scripture and you do a word search on it and you look up, look up the word dogs and swine and pig and hog and sow and uh, look it up in other passages of scripture, all of a sudden it starts to make sense to you. And you start to realize why the Lord used those particular words because those are strong words. And, uh, you know, but the word dog and the word pig are used figuratively here but even if they weren't if the master calls you a dog you should start scratching and barking and if he calls you a pig oink oink you know why because he has what he says he believes the word he's a man of faith he speaks the word and there it is amen yeah. 
So if he calls you a dog, even if you ain't a dog, you become a dog. If he calls you a pig, you become a pig. But he's using these words figuratively here. And uh, for example, the word dogs, if you do a word search on it, you'll find out that it's used figuratively in about nine different classes of people. He does talk about people as dogs. And it, here's, a, here's the nine classes. Homosexuals, anybody that's despised, satanic powers. I mean, if you look up the word dogs, this is what the word dog refers to throughout the Bible. False prophets are dogs, deceived people, fools, Gentiles, and backsliders. You remember he told a woman, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, who was following him and nagging him that the disciple says, Lord, send her away. She's driving us crazy, you know. She was just being persistent. She was a demonstration of great faith because that's what Jesus told she had. Why? Because she was so persistent. She insisted. She wasn't going to leave the Lord until she got what she wanted and that was deliverance for her daughter. But when she first said, Lord, uh, heal my daughter, deliver my daughter, he said, it's not meat for me to pass uh, the children's bread to dogs. He called her a dog. Now, that seems really bad for the Lord to call somebody a dog. It's, it's disrespectful. It's dishonoring. It's degrading. But you know what she did? She didn't get upset about it. She says, of a truth, Lord. See, if the Lord calls you a dog, you're a dog for a reason. Mm -hmm. Why? Because she lived the lifestyle of a dog. She was a Gentile. That was one of the categories here that where the, the word dog was used. And so, because of her persistence, she eventually got what she wanted. And the word swine is used figuratively too. And it it's, refers to like three classes of people. Indiscreet woman, women, deceived people, and backsliders. Two of those are the same ones that they use the word dogs on. But it's also added indiscreet women. So these are all people that will trample your pearls and rend you or attack you because they don't appreciate what you're giving them. You know, a dog or a pig doesn't appreciate a pearl. All they're interested is in something to eat. A dog wants food, a, a pig wants food, and the more you give them, the more they'll take, and the more they'll eat. They'll eat until they get sick. They make themselves sick. That's all they're concerned with. You throw them anything else, they're going to ignore it. You throw them your pearls, it has no value to them at all. Because what's a pearl to a dog or what's a pearl to a pig? And so Jesus is using that, but he uses it uh, in a strong way here because he said, Neither cast ye your pearls before swine. And the word cast here is from a Greek word that means to throw or cast. But the emphasis in the Greek language is so strong that it could be translated, never cast your pearls before a swine. Never. I mean, that's pretty strong. Never cast your pearls before a swine. In other words, this word tells us strongly to never do something. And that is cast your pearls before swine. You know, uh, you know he's saying, he talked about the dog, then he says, neither cast. But it's really saying, never cast your pearls before swine. And there's a, a reason Jesus used the word pearls in this passage. 
And what's something that's interesting or significant about pearls is this. Number one, they're valuable. I'm talking about real pearls. I'm not talking about culture pearls that are man-made. I mean, they're valuable to a certain degree because they are real pearls. Uh, oyster made it because somebody opened that oyster's mouth and put in a piece of sand or something to irritate that oyster. And so he starts coating that piece of sand and he keeps coating it and coating it and smoothing it off so it doesn't irritate him anymore. And that produces the pearl. And then they harvest these pearls. And every oyster has a pearl in it. But when you go to the ocean to find pearls, uh, you might get one pearl out of a hundred oysters. You've got to do a lot of diving, a lot of uh, gathering of oysters to get one pearl. And then it might not be, uh, it'll be valuable, but it might not be perfectly round. It might be tiny or something like that. But real pearls that are perfectly round and of a good size are very valuable. And so that's why Jesus used this example, number one. And uh, number two, they're not easily found either. You've got to dive deep for these pearls. And uh, I don't know, I guess they have a commercial way of gathering pearls or oysters, but usually it's done by these divers that can dive deep and hold their breath for two or three minutes, sometimes five minutes, and they gather these oysters on the bottom of the ocean floor in certain areas, and they bring them up. And then they got to crack them oysters, dig through the muscle in them, and try to find this pearl. And a lot of times there's no pearl in there because that oyster never took in a grain of sand to irritate it and create the pearl. And so they go diving again and diving again, and they have to keep diving over and over and over and keep gathering and gathering and opening and checking until finally they find a pearl. And hopefully it's a nice size and hopefully it's perfectly round and it's a good color because uh, they have pink pearls, white pearls, black pearls, and probably all the different colors in between. I don't know why they uh, turn different colors, but some are more valuable than the others. But anyway, it's, it's something that should be, it's precious, it's rare, it's valuable, it should be highly esteemed, and it's uh, uh, something that people want. Most people, or a lot of people do. I don't. Pastor Ed likes pearls. You know, maybe you like pearls, but that's what makes them valuable. If they're not, if people just don't like them and nobody likes them and nobody's interested in them, they're not going to be very valuable. But people are interested in pearls. And you get a perfect string of pearls, all the same size, all the same quality, all the same color, it's very expensive. Amen? So the reason Jesus used a pearl in this story is because this is exactly how we should view the things of God and especially the Word of God. We should esteem it highly. It should be valuable to us. See, you can't put a price on what you've learned from the Word and the things that you've experienced following after God. You can't put a price on that. And, uh, uh, you know, as you walk the Word out in your life, you, you know, one of the first things you might learn after you're born again and you're reading the word you might learn about faith and so you start walking in faith and you start living by faith and you start experiencing life through the eyes of faith and by the walk of faith and it's hard at times it's hard for you to walk in faith 
and then you start experiencing the goodness of God and the word starts to come alive to you and the, and the word starts to manifest itself in your life and you start experiencing all the promises of God because of your faith walk. That takes time, it takes effort, it takes discipline, it, it takes a lot on your part to walk like that. It don't come easy. And so that makes the things that you've learned and the experiences that you had and the knowledge that you gained from the word becomes valuable to you at least. It may not be valuable to other, but it should be valuable to you. You have an investment in those pearls. They become pearls to you and they're valuable and you have an investment in them. And, and you know, they weren't the result of shallow diving. They weren't the result of commercial diving. They were the result of you diving deep and being patient and digging them up and digging them out and putting them together. It took time for you to do that. And did you know that sometimes wisdom is referred to as pearls? Did you ever hear the phrase pearls of wisdom? You know, I mean, why call wisdom pearls? Because wisdom is valuable and it didn't come easy. It came because of diligent study. It came because of the experiences that you went through in your life and the faith walk you had in your life, the trials you went through, and you learn things. And these things become pearls to you because you can't learn them otherwise. There's some things you can't learn from a book. Now, you can learn things from the Bible, but until you experience them, until you walk through them, until you have a trial with them, a test with them, that's when they really become valuable to you. I'll give you an example. Healing is very valuable to me. Healing is a big pearl in my life. It's valuable. And sometimes I share that word. You know, I shared it last night. You remember that neighbor of mine that had his leg amputated and I told you I was trying to get over to see him and he was having a rough time. And so, well, we finally hooked up last night. And uh, we hit it off pretty good. And he's a tough old boy. And, uh, you know, he's had a hard life. He worked hard all his life. He's a little rough around the edges. But he was a teddy bear last night. I, I, I give him the word and I share some experiences with him. And I told him, I says, look, uh, life dealt you a bad hand. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you had to have your, your leg amputated. I says, you went through hell for the last year and something. Uh, over a year, he's been convalescing with that because it started out cutting his toes off and then it finally led to cutting his leg off and blood poisoning and sepsis and all kinds of kidney failure. He went through everything for the last year or so. And I said, there's no doubt that life has dealt you a bad hand. I said, but you know what? It's not over for you. And I said that, I know he likes to ride his lawnmower. He's got a, a lawnmower like mine, and he, he feels about it the same way I feel like about mine. You know, it's like a carnival ride. And we just, <laughs> mowing grass is not a chore for me. Weed whacking is, but once I get through that, I sit on that lawnmower and I just have fun cutting that grass. And the time flies. He's the same way he loves his lawnmower. And he cut grass when it didn't need to be cut. And he has a, uh, a beautiful uh, pickup truck, brand new. I mean, it's like two or three years old, but he got it right before he started having these problems. And uh, it's 
sitting in his garage. It's got less than 7,000 miles on it. And uh, like I said, it's brand new. I don't even know if I, it might have had one oil change on it. That's how new it is. And I know he loves that truck. He's always shining it, taking it to the car wash and stuff, you know. He hasn't drove it in over a year and a half. And, and I know he loves it. And I said, you know, that lawnmower and that truck? I said, you can drive that truck again and you can ride that lawnmower again. I know you want to. And these big tears wallowed up in his eyes, you know. I said, it's, a, it's not over for you, you know. I said, you're going to overcome this thing. You're going to uh, get through this therapy. I says, and you can drive again, and you can ride that lawnmower again, and I mean, he just, you can just see, see that his whole countenance changed, you know, and, and I knew that I touched him where he needed to be touched, you know, and then I ended up praying for him, and uh, he's been, I guess a Catholic, as far as I know, a Catholic, he is a Catholic now, maybe all his life, I don't know, but uh, I think that's the only experience he had with religion is, as a Catholic. So I just prayed a simple prayer. I said, Lord, your word says that believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I said, I'm a believer. Charlie is sick. I'm laying hands on him and we expect him to recover, you know. And I prayed for strength and energy and all the things that he's lacking. And I prayed for a new vision, a new hope. I said, you need to put that lawnmower before you and that truck before you. And every time you get into that therapy, you start seeing that truck, get seeing yourself behind the wheel, seeing that, seeing yourself on that lawnmower going around the yard. I said, that's your goal, you know? And you press for that, and you push for that. And uh, I think it really encouraged him. Uh, I learned some things about him and his family. And I know he likes chicken, but he don't like the rubber chicken they give you in that, uh, care center there. I don't know if it's a nursing home therapy or whatever, but he stays there, you know. And uh, he said, I just don't like the chicken. He lost like 50 pounds. And uh, he gets, uh, I don't know, a piece of chicken, some green beans, a biscuit or something, and something to drink. And he says, I eat the green beans. I get through them and maybe the biscuit or something, you know, that's about it. And I'm sure his wife brings him something from time to time. And he, he told me he only likes fried chicken. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, if you ain't home by next week, I says, I'm coming up here with two fried chicken dinners and me and you are going to sit and have chicken dinner. He said, I'd like that, you know. So, uh, you know, a couple of pieces of fried chicken, some mashed potatoes and gravy and some green beans. I don't think one meal is going to kill the guy, but, you know, we're going to have that. We're going to break bread together. So, uh, I, and... I prayed for him again this morning, you know. Not the same thing that I prayed, but I, I prayed that he'd see and feel the manifestation of what we prayed last night. So I haven't talked to him or his wife since yesterday, so uh, we'll find out. I believe I'm going to get a good report. But anyway, that was pearls that I shared with him because that's something that's really valuable to me, you know, uh, because I've experienced it, and it wasn't easy what I went through. And, you know, I had to walk it out and all that, so it's, it's valuable to me. And so, uh, well, let me share with you some pearls of wisdom. You know, each time that you open the door to these treasures, because that's what it is, you know, those things are treasures for you. And every time you open the door to your treasures and you begin to share them with someone, you need to remember that you're not just sharing information, you're sharing 
your prayers with that person, you're sharing something that cost you something, something that you had to really earn and walk through and, and had to apprehend and it took discipline and it took patience for you to get these pearls. And so you're not just sharing information with them, you're sharing something that's really valuable to you, but it's not always valuable to them. And we talked about the type of people it wouldn't be valuable to. But you know, your counsel, your advice, the words that you're giving people, it's free to them, but it costs you something. And so if you, if uh, what you're sharing isn't appreciated, then stop giving that person your prayer, pearls. Stop sharing your pearls with them. They're not valuable to them. You're just casting them. And what are they doing? They're trampling them underfoot. And, and uh, so don't cast them to, anymore, to them anymore because they don't appreciate them. And, and henceforth, Jesus used the word pig or swine because they're not valuable to a pig or swine either. And if you cast them before a swine, he's just going to trample them looking for food amongst them. They don't mean nothing to him. And that's the way it is with a lot of people. They can't appreciate the pearls because they're not valuable to them. And that's why Jesus not only said don't cast them before them, he says never cast them before them. And you know, I cast pearls, I'm casting pearls tonight. I cast pearls all the time. Some people receive them, some people ignore them, some people actually trample them underfoot, and some people get mad about them and attack me over them. Just like Jesus said it would happen here. You know, it's, it's uh, that word before, you know, uh, never cast your pearls before swine. That word before comes from a Greek word that means to present something to someone. So it's not like you're really casting them. You're presenting something to someone. And uh, it would be like you would, someone would receive an award at an award ceremony. And you know, award ceremonies can be pretty elaborate. You know, like you have an award seminary, a ceremony at a school. Uh, a graduation is an award seminary. Seminary ceremony, and what you're doing is presenting a diploma or a degree to somebody, and that thing is valuable to them. It took them four, eight, twelve years to earn that degree, and so you're having this elaborate ceremony. You're wearing gowns and stuff. They might be uh, a dinner or something elaborate afterward. And so you're presenting this to them. You're not casting that thing to them. You're presenting it to them. And you're honoring them with it. And they're, they're receiving it and it's valuable to them. They worked hard for it. They earned it. That's what it means to cast. It means you're presenting something to them that they worked hard for, but you worked hard for it. And that's why, you know, your pearls is something that you worked hard for and you're not casting them to somebody, you're presenting them to somebody. And it should be honoring. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 6 that we shouldn't waste our time, energy, or money or put too much thought into honoring individuals who don't care about what you're doing for them. I mean, why would we ever want to do all that for someone who doesn't even care? Well, we're trying to win them over. There's other ways to win them over without casting your pearls, wasting your pearls on them. Amen? Amen? Jesus used the example swine or pigs or some translations say a sow 
to describe the category of these people who couldn't care less about what you're trying to tell them or share with them, your pearls. And the word swine, like I said, is pig, sow, hog, uh, none of them are very nice, amen? And, and as, as you know, pigs are very well known in Jesus' day and they weren't thought of too highly by the Jews. Uh, they won't eat pork, they don't eat ham, hops or ham or bacon or any of that stuff. And uh, You know, the pigs that Jesus allowed the demons to go into, you know, they ran off a cliff. Nobody, no religious person cared about, cared about the pigs. The Jews didn't care about the pigs. Those pigs belonged to a Gentile. And he was a dog because he was a Gentile. He's raising pigs. They, no value to the Jews. And so Jesus uses those examples, you know. But uh, if you ever been to a pig pen, you know that pigs, they don't do a whole lot. They're pretty lazy. All they do is root around for food. And if there's no food around, they'll finally lay down, just lay there and wait for the dinner bell or somebody to come by with a slop bucket. And I'm, I know I'm a city boy, but I've actually seen that. I've been on farms like my sister lived on a farm. They had pigs and they had to be slopped and stuff. I know what all of that stuff means and I, I know how they are. They are nasty. They wallow around in mud and stuff <laughs> and it don't bother them. They're pigs and the name fits them perfectly. Uh, you know, they're, uh, but when that slop buck comes around, man, they come to life and they can start headed for that trough. They want that slop, they want their food. And they just lay around and wait to be fed. And unfortunately, that's the way a lot of people are, you know. I mean, they get over that trough and they just start stepping on each other and slobbing over each other. And uh, just, they eat like pigs and they're just driven to have their own needs met. And they could care less about you. They could care less about where that food came from or what it takes to what it took to get it to them, you know? And you're never gonna hear a thank you. Not from a pig and not from an unappreciative person either. Jesus used the word pig to identify people who, just like a pig, didn't appreciate the holy things of God. Because that's what Jesus was talking about, holy things. And uh, here they're freely given from the depths of another person's life and they just trample them. They don't care about them. They don't realize the value of them. And it's, it's sad to say, but a lot of believers live and act just like that because they're careless, mindless, selfish consumers. They just want, 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 want. They want other people's time, other people's energy, other people's pearls. And I don't mind giving my pearls. I don't mind presenting my pearls. But... I stop giving them when they're not appreciated anymore. Amen? They never think about a, how a person had to obtain that wisdom, how he had to obtain uh, the knowledge that he has, the experiences that he had to go through, and the things that he had to suffer. And Jesus used the word pigs because that's how some of these people act. And after they drained that person of all their strength, all their wisdom, all their pearls, if they don't like what you said, they'll turn around and attack you. And they'll turn around and talk about you and then turn around and go 
to someone else and ask the same questions, hoping for a different answer. But it doesn't change. You know, the truth is always the truth. It's presented in different ways, but the truth itself never changes. And what Jesus' words are conveying in Matthew 7, 6 is, never invest too much time, too much energy, too much money into people who don't even care about what you're doing for them. I mean, we're all about helping people. But you get to a place where it's no longer help, and it's called enabling. You're no longer helping them, you're enabling them to continue doing the things that they're doing. Why? Because they're not using the pearls that you're giving them. They're not using the wisdom and the knowledge that you're sharing with them from your experiences, and they're never going to change. Stop enabling them. Wait till their attitude changes. Wait till they're ready to do something with the pearls that you give them besides trample them underfoot. So he's telling us, don't share your pearls. Don't share, share your precious details and the experiences and the parts of your life that have cost you so much. Don't share them with people who live and act like ungrateful pigs. You know, over the years, people would call Pastor Ed and myself and We'd counsel with them over the phone, sometimes for hours. Sometimes we'd meet with them in person and counsel with them for hours. And uh, they'd consume our time, basically just wear us out. And if we didn't tell them what they wanted to hear, sometimes they, I mean, you could just see when they check out. You know, you can just see where you stop getting through to them because you said something that they didn't want to do or you said something that they didn't want to accept as the truth. And so they would sometimes even get upset with us and then actually get mean, you know, and then just get smart with us. And I said, well, and we've even had them say, well, I know what the word says, but you don't know my situation, you know, and it's like they checked out and now we checked out. Because if you don't care what the word says or you know what the word says, but, there's nothing else we can give you. That's our pearls, is, is the word. And so we stop giving them to you because now you just trample them underfoot and turn and attack us over the pearls that we gave you. And that's what Jesus is talking about. And you know, there's pastors and leaders all over the world that could tell you about people that they've tried to help that later turn on them and even accuse them of being uncaring and unloving and a lot of times you know Pastor Ed gets that a lot because she just lays the truth out you know and she tells you how it is and some people don't like that but if you were to receive those pearls of wisdom and say and just question yourself and say is that true maybe I need to change this or change that you know it would help you tremendously but a lot of people can't handle that and so they'll turn around and trample underfoot what you told them and even get upset with you and you know a lot of times they didn't appreciate what we gave them and certainly never applied it to your life and I could stand here tonight and give you example I won't but I can give you example after example of people that we gave solid pearls of wisdom to that didn't apply them didn't listen to us and did what they wanted anyway and Years later, sometimes, they've come to us saying, I wish we would have listened because 
what you said was going to happen if we didn't is exactly what happened. And a lot of times it has to do with their children or family affairs or uh, financial decisions that they made that they came to us for. And uh, a lot of times we would tell people, because we could tell they're under pressure, and we say, don't make any decisions right now. You're under pressure, you know. That's a bad time to make a decision. Yeah, but we got to make a decision by, and they go ahead and make the decision, and then they regret it later. You know, a lot of times it just takes a little patience. Just wait. Just wait. That's all. Just wait. If you miss this opportunity because you waited, there'll be another opportunity, I promise, and it will be a better opportunity. Don't make decisions under duress. Don't make decisions when you're under pressure or stress because it's going to be a bad decision. Amen? Because how does the Lord lead? With peace. He leads with peace. If there's no peace, you're not being led by the Lord. You're being led, but it's not by the Lord. Amen? But anyway, we would know a lot of times when they didn't receive or appreciate the pearls that we were giving them. And this is a little funny, you know, we're not making fun of people, but I look at Pastor S, she look at me and I say, did you hear something rolling around on the floor? And she said, yeah, that was our pearls. I said, they were rolling around out there on the floor, you know, because they didn't, they didn't take them, you know. Say, so anyway, well, you have to make fun of some things sometimes, you know what I mean? But sometimes it took years, but like I said, the pearls that we gave them proved to be right. And if they would have received them at that time, it would have headed off a lot of problems in their lives. And we don't know everything. I'm not saying we're perfect and we got all the answers. If we don't know, we'll tell you that we don't know. But we'll pray about it. And maybe together, in agreement, we can come to some type of conclusion and make the right decision together, you know. But we would never pretend like we knew something and give you some bad advice or some bad pearls. But the main point is Jesus wants us to value ourselves. Paul said not to think of yourself more highly. He said more highly. He didn't say not to think of yourself highly. You need to think of yourself highly and the experiences that you had and the areas that you had the experiences in and realize that those are valuable pearls and they're going to be valuable to somebody in the kingdom of God. One day somebody's going to need those pearls and you got to know that what you have to give them is valuable. Amen? But like I said before, some people will treat your pearls and the, and the experiences that you have with disrespect. And that's what Jesus is talking about, trampling your pearls underfoot. They don't respect your experiences or the wisdom that you have. And, and especially in, you know, this is a world of specialties. There's specialty doctors and specialty chefs. And, you know, this one specializes in this and this one specializes in that. You know, Pastor has been going to see different uh, doctors now we're going to see a specialist that specializes in lungs but you know we're living in a world of specialty so uh, there's things that you specialize in and experiences and wisdom that you have that I will never have because I never walked through the experience that you walked through so now I can give you experiences you know I don't have to be a parent to give you good parental advice if I'm taking it from the word but there is nothing like experience 
You know, if I need experience raising a child, I'm going to go to a parent that's got five kids. If I need financial advice, I'm going to go to somebody that's been successful with finance like Brother Kevin. You know, I'm going to go to somebody that has some experience and has some real wisdom and pearls about finances. If I want to know how to break an addiction, I'm not going to read a book. I'm going to find somebody that was hooked on drugs and broke an addiction, and I'm going to talk to them. I want to know the experience they went through. They have some valuable pearls. But if they don't realize they're valuable, they're never going to help anybody. That's right. Amen? So you have to esteem yourself highly, but not more highly than you are. Amen? But you shouldn't let people take advantage of your pearls, take advantage of your experience. And uh, if that starts happening, just shut up. Stop casting. Stop presenting to them your pearls of wisdom and your pearls of experience because they're not appreciating them. Amen? I'm going to close with this. I know it's a couple of minutes early, but that's all right. You've got enough word to last you a while. But did you know every time you open the word of God, God is casting his pearls? God is presenting to you the pearls of wisdom that he has. How many know the Lord has some experiences? Especially the Lord Jesus because he not only knows everything, he's experienced everything that we've ever experienced. He's been through everything that we've ever experienced. So he not only has the uh, knowledge of it, he has an understanding of it that only comes from experience. He knew what it was like to be hungry when he was in heaven as God. But when he come to the earth as a man and experienced hunger, experienced thirst, experienced being cold, experienced having wounds, experienced all the things that we experience, he has a greater appreciation for those things. That's why we have a great high priest that can be touched by our infirmities because he's experienced them. Every time you open the word and it says, by his stripes you are healed, those are pearls of wisdom that he not only gives us from his infinite knowledge, but from his experience because he's the one who took the stripes. Every time you open the word, God is presenting to you pearls. Now I'm going to ask you a tough question. What are you doing with them? This is called doing the word. Walking in the word. You receive a pearl from God and you know it's valuable. You have to esteem it as valuable. And you take it in and you apply it to your life. And you start walking it out in faith and you start experiencing it and then you'll see the manifestation of it but it all started out as a pearl that he cast before you and if you trample it underfoot you'll never get the experience of the manifestation of that particular pearl or that particular blessing he's casting them he's presenting them to you every time you open the Bible. Are you taking advantage of them or are you trampling them underfoot? And I'll tell you this, if you can't take 
a pearl from a fellow believer or your pastor or, or anybody that's in a position of authority, you won't be able to take it from God. Oh yeah, I'll take it. I'd take it if God gave it to me. No, you won't. You'll treat God the same way you treat any other person. Amen. Maybe not in church, but in life you will. There's no difference. Amen. Matter of fact, that's how God tests our love for Him is by the love we have for one another. And, and even John told us, if you can't love your neighbor, you can't love God. You don't have the capacity for it. It starts here and then goes to Him. Amen? He, he even told us, you know, in as much as you did it unto one of these, the least of my brethren, you fed them, you sheltered them, you gave them clothing, you, you know, you gave them drink. He says, you've done it to me. So if you didn't do it to the least of his brethren, you didn't do it to him. You won't do it to him. You can't do it to him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you got something out of this tonight. It was uh, curious to me. And, you know, I learned a long time ago, Keith Moore was preaching one time. And he was talking about the Syrophoenician woman. And he talked about Jesus calling her a dog. And he, he looked at it from the a point of being disrespectful and dishonoring. And you should never call anybody a dog. But then he brought out the fact that if God calls you a dog, you're a dog. He called you a dog for a reason. And if you own up to it, you'll change. And you won't be a dog anymore. And if you don't own up to it, you trample those pearls underfoot, you will remain a dog, you will remain a pig, uh, uh, which is just a, an unhealthy, selfish consumer that always takes, 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 and never gives. So this is where we learn things, amen? amen. By the pearls that God not casts but presents before us. Amen? I love you all. See you Sunday. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.